This is the Milo Sweet Podcast, where you'll learn to get unstuck. Start now. Conquer life's challenges by learning to do difficult. Find quick and clever ways to overcome. Wait, did you think life was going to be easy? Remember, all of your excuses are now dead to me. Let's get started. Welcome to the Milo Sweet Podcast, Alexis. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's hear a little bit about yourself. Oh, thank you for having me, Myla. Well, my name is Alexis Murphy. I am the mother of six children. Two of them are deceased. I lost my two-month-old Zane last year, and we had a miscarriage, so we named that baby Zion. And I'm expecting another baby. So I am the mother of six. I'm a wife. I am a first-time author, and I'm so excited about that. Um, Just all-around good girl i'll say that <laughs> yay so wait what what part of the u.s are you repping are you from the south <laughs> yeah i'm from, I'm from alabama <laughs> yeah congratulations on your new pregnancy that's amazing yes yes i'm so excited i just actually announced it today um on facebook uh i was waiting to come out of that first trimester because uh, we our last pregnancy we lost at six weeks so I say you know I'm gonna see how this first trimester goes it went it's going great and good so I sh- now I'm sharing the news <laughs> yeah okay so what are what made you write the book what's the first what's the title of the book um the name of the book is called I choose to live out of the shadows and into the light I definitely feel like it's really hard you know, to process when, you know, parents usually have an overwhelming uh, care for their kids. And even, you know, as a parent, you could kind of do everything right. And something still um, happens. Like Mm -hmm. I know one guy told his story, he said that it happened at camp. So, I mean, his parents were, you know, and it was a Christian camp. So under the guise of, you know, this and, you know, the, I think it was a pre, well, it wasn't a Christian camp. It was a Catholic camp. Mm. And the priest told him that um, if he said anything, that they were going to kill his whole family. Oh so it's God. like, I know, which, I mean, I'm like, that's a straight gangster priest. Yeah, that's but a gangster. Like, like, what kind of threat is that? Exactly. Like, wow. But the little kid in me is be like, I need to see your gun. You're going to have to show me a gun. I'm not saying it. I'm really not. I'm trying to make light of something that's super heavy. Wow. But it's just, but, that was overwhelming. Like, as a kid, you feel like, but that's he was what, like, he, he never wanted to say anything. Exactly. But that's what comes with being molested is either they threaten your life or they find ways to threaten you. Like, with my situation, I was molested by my step-grandfather. And he started with my hand. I'm like, what is he doing? But then he just started telling me, now, don't you say nothing about this. So they, they molesters start with, I studied after I realized what molestation was, I went and studied it. And I learned that molesters pick their target. They see the kids, the kids that talk up and speak up for themselves and got a big mouth and tell you what they is and what you, they don't mess with those kids. It's those quiet, mm-hmm. quiet kids don't nobody ain't really paying attention to them 
No, they ain't got mom or daddy around. They, you know, just preserve. So the enemy sees that and he targets that. So that's that's what happened to me. So my step grandfather knew he had access to me because my grandmother was never at home. She was always gone. She left me at home with him. So he had access to me. I was a quiet, reserved person. So they call that in the in my studies, they call that grooming. So before, right. yes, you groom your victim already to get them prepared for the next move that they're going to make. Because when they make that move, like like my my, my step-grandfather started with my hand. Then he one day he came to my room, took my shirt off and started with my breast. And I started crying. He's like, OK, you ain't ready for that yet. But don't tell nobody. So he kept coming back with different stuff to see what I could handle. And it just got out of hand. So by the time he got to the point where he wanted to have sex with me, he was already had me. He already had me groomed. So that's what molesters do. They groom their their victims so they won't say anything. So did your grandmother ever find out that he did that? Yes, she did. And she told me, quote, she said, I told her because I came home from church one day and it was like God said, OK, it's time to talk. And I'm like, I can't tell her what happened to me. He was like, you need to tell it. So I told my aunt and then she told my grandmother. So the next day I went and talked to my grandmother and I was like, do you believe me? And she said, uh, no, I don't believe you. She said, uh, but I forgive you, though, because you were of age. That meaning that I was 16 years old. So basically, I knew what I was doing. That's what she said. But I forgive you. What? Yes. 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 That's what she told me. Okay. Wait. Okay. So she said she doesn't believe you, but she forgives you? Mm -hmm. Yes. Like it was in a sense, she was taking his side. She knew something happened. From this is why I interpreted. She knew something was happening, but she put the blame on me. That's why she said, "I forgive you." That's crazy. I know it's it's. Um, I I I think like. Go ahead. Sorry. It, it's 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 crazy. It's um, and and at the time. Like uh, when I was going through all that, I was I was having seizures. I was on disability. Just a lot was going on with me at one time. So, yeah, it's 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 crazy. So how did that make you feel when she said that? I was hurt as a relationship with her. You know, I DHR took me from my mom, Child Protective Services or whatever, because my mom was my mom didn't even want to take care of me after my brothers and sisters left. They jumped out the window. And left. So my mom woke up. What does that mean? Like they, like they, like, they jumped out. They literally like, uh, ran they away. Literally jumped out the window and and ran away from home. Well, their dad came and got them in the middle of the night and put took them to Florida, and they never came back home. Okay. So, okay. So we have different fathers. So that's why I was left behind. So when I got, when my mom woke up. I was gone, and then she just had a mental breakdown. Ever she ain't been the same since. So she got so mentally ill that she couldn't take care of me. So I was put in the home with my grandmother, and and then my grandmother turned around and allowed this to happen to me. So yeah, I, I have another question. Like, if there's parents out there and 
maybe this is the first time they're hearing that or maybe seeing a, a picture of this. And are there any things that could be helpful for them to, you know, see what is happening with their kid? Or is there any questions you think that they should ask? First of all, pay attention to your kids. Don't be involved in your children's life. Number one, if you have a relationship with your child and you're not in the streets or whatever, how I don't care how busy you is, make time for your children. Don't throw your kids off on a boyfriend. Don't throw your kids off on a babysitter because those are the ones that hurt your child. So that's the first thing I would tell a parent. Get a relationship with your child. I don't care what they did, whatever. You fix that because that's your child. And if you get that relationship with that child, then none of that won't happen. That means you'll know everything that's going on in that child's life. That's the first thing I would tell parents. Number two, talk about sex when, they, when it's time with your child. Um, with me growing up and growing up in the Pentecostal upbringing, we was not allowed to talk about sex. We seen it on. Why? It was. I don't know. I don't know. We was not we was not taught about, you know, why it's important to keep yourself from marriage. All we all I ever heard was don't do it. If you know you do it, you're going to have a baby. That's all I heard. We wasn't talked about. We wasn't taught about the wrong touch. And we didn't talk about that kind of stuff. But it was going on in the church. All of that was happening under church. Like my testimony is not a street testimony. It's all of whatever happened to me happened under church, under ministry. And yeah, wow. it wasn't, you know, so I would tell, you know, people, um, talk to your kids about sex. Don't be afraid to, because if you don't, somebody close to you will or the world will. And I, I'll tell any parent that even with my children now, I have a four-year-old, a three-year-old, and a two-year-old. And right now they're young. They may not understand everything. But when I change their diapers or they potty train, I explain to them their body parts. And I explain, I tell my son, you a boy, you have a penis. I tell my girls, you a girl, you have a vagina. And that, you know, they're too young to go into the details of, sex but I'm already preparing them and so they can know their body parts and I tell them when I change them I'm like nobody is to touch this you know I tell them I tell them young now because you know they're children and they need to know if somebody touched them wrong and they need to know that they can come to mommy and daddy so I'm already starting early because I, I don't want that to happen to my children All right, that's another episode in the books. Hello? Hello? I said I said it's over. Why are you still listening? Like, seriously, the episode is over. If you're still listening right now, you know what? You're probably a chronic procrastinator. Guess what? I'm still listening to. Come on, for real, seriously. We gotta go do something productive. No, like, for real. No, for real, for real. Okay... You can keep listening.